Money FM 89.3. Best of breakfast. Mind your business only on Money FM 89.3. You're listening to Money FM 89.3. This is Breakfast with Lindley and Ryan on Mind Your Business this morning. Well, life is full of problems, isn't it? Yes, Ryan? Lynn. So it's great when someone comes along with a way to fix them or at least help make things better. Many of us will be familiar with apps like Redeem SG, a voucher system that helps Singapore government agencies easily create, issue and track the redemption of vouchers for drivers. Like me, it will be the Parking SG app, Godsend, that has helped to do away with parking coupons. Yeah, no more stubs and all those things on the floor of your car. So that's been great. And of course, in the past year, we also had Scam Shield app, which greatly reduces the prospect of people being contacted by scammers. And recently, the team behind all these innovations are planning to integrate the ChatGPT app we've been hearing about all these days. Mm-hmm into Microsoft Word for the civil service. So that means up to 90,000 civil servants will be able to use the AI service. I'm not sure if that's good news. It might make them a bit lazier. (laughs) How will that change their workflow? Well, today we take a closer look at one of the key people behind all these innovations to help solve our problems. She is in our studio, Sonia Yen, Product Manager, Open Government Products and Experimental Division of the Government Technology Agency of Singapore. Welcome to the show, Sonia. Hello, thanks for having me. Yeah, Sonia, great to have you here. And of course, uh, I'm wondering, you've got a lot of problems on your list. Do you get a lot of people coming to you with complaints and asking for things to be fixed? We do, every day. <laughs> it's a sign of a job, well done. <laughs> well done. <laughs> so what's your favourite product so far? Um, so I was just thinking about this yesterday. And from a product perspective, I really like Parking SG. Mm. And, and there's an important reason why. So if we think about where parking coupons were before the app, right, you had to put in a parking coupon and if you kind of were going to take longer, you mm-hmm. had to come back and like replace the parking That's coupon. That's right, that's right. I remember those days, you know, rushing right? back to the car. And now with parking, or at least like three, three years ago with parking, now you can extend your parking session. Mm. Or if you come back earlier, you can get a refund mm. right, of what you've already right. paid. That's right. And what's so like magical about that is that we actually made it like a moment of delight when you pay the government more money. <laughs> you actually <laughs> go like, oh, that's so convenient. I get to pay them more money and just like extend the session. And if you took less time, it's another moment of delight because you get to refund it. So from a product perspective, that's, that's my favorite. Yeah, I really like how this comes together. But behind the scenes, a lot needs to be done to get the final product. So tell us more about how open government products works. How do you innovate? Where do innovators come from? Right. Oh, that's a lot to unpack. Okay. So at a high level, so open government products, we're a startup team within Mm -hmm. the government and we operate for impact and not for profit. The premise behind the team is why can't we have a share of the best tech talent Mm -hmm. working on problems like perhaps scam prevention or preventive healthcare Mm -hmm. or digital inclusion and not, I guess, the same old problems that we see all the top tech talent working on all the time, Mm -hmm. like optimizing ads, you know, mm-hmm. selling you like more stuff that you, you maybe don't need, right? So that's the premise behind the entire team. And when you ask, so who our innovators are, I think mm-hmm. that's one aspect in which we differ from a lot of tech companies because we are really set up for innovation to come mm-hmm. from anywhere. Mm-hmm. And it might be hard to imagine how this would play out in a traditional setup because you have some ideas perhaps and you, and you need to organize your resources to work on those ideas, right? You can't have everyone having so mm-hmm. many ideas mm-hmm. and working on everything. And, and that's true at OGPS. 
well. But at OGP, we are specifically set up to filter up a lot of bottom-up ideas, mm. right? Mm. And, and concretely, actually, we have about 24 live products today, mm-hmm. to date, and about 70% of them were bottoms-up ideas. So 70% of them were not decided by leadership, not mandated by oh. leadership, but rather, you know, ideas that members of the team, whether they're engineers, or product managers, or designers, came up with and, and pushed and launched uh, for public good. Yeah, these apps, bottom-up, very good idea. I think they're very useful, they're very practical. But what is the process like? How do you identify these, you know, purpose and uses for these apps? Right, that's a very good question. What we believe is that uh, leadership can't have all the best ideas and we can't have all the context, right? Every uh, Everyone will have a different living experience and different exposure to different problems out there. So we have a hackathon every January, actually mm. the entire month of January is a hackathon where different members of the team get to work on any project of their choosing as long as it contributes to the public good. So that's one big source of ideas where we have members of the team just, you know, working on things that they're passionate about. So this hackathon, we have people working on animal welfare problems, on elder tech, so senior digital inclusion problems and then it really runs the gamut so so that's one big source and you ask how we identify problems so that's basically how we identify but then there's a whole long process of uh, going to speak a lot with users and, and validating those problems and designing solutions for those problems so I think identifying the problem is not that hard actually there, there are a lot of problems out there right? yeah there are a lot of problems I'm just wondering if I'm a civil servant I've got a long list right do I come to you straight up and how you prioritize who's first yeah so actually we would love it if uh, everyone just came to us with their problems and they do we, we get a lot of feature requests every day how we prioritize problems well I mean broadly by impact right so mm. it's, it's always like impact versus effort so you want to obviously pick the opportunities that are highest value uh, and I lowest see. effort yes Okay, to date, how many innovations or prototypes have been tested and how many have been successfully launched? So I actually don't have the, the number for this because we've been in operation for about four years, perhaps, or even longer than that. Um, but it's surely over a hundred prototypes, mm. like over, over the span of you know our entire existence. Uh, so just this year alone at the hackathon, just during one month, uh, there were 35 prototypes that were actually built, right, just during this one month. Um, so if you extrapolate that to kind of like four years, I would imagine over 100 have been, yes. So just, this is the Hack for Public Good 2023 demo day? Yes, yes. Just out of curiosity, how fast do you come up with prototypes? Right, so the hackathon uh, imposes a very real-time limit yeah. <laughs> on oh. that of one month, right? Mm. So you have to get it out within a month. And um, during our regular product development cycle, we also generally hold that standard. So from two weeks to a month. Mm. Um, and it really depends also on the type of product. So we're currently working on a payments product. And uh, with payments, you have to get it right. You can't you know, play fast and loose with people's money, yeah. right? So mm-hmm. th- those tend to take longer. Uh, we will um, we will test rigorously to make sure that you know nothing will go wrong. Go through all the edge cases. However, sometimes urgency forces mm-hmm. our hand. Mm-hmm. Uh, so for the COVID vaccination system, mm. we got the first version of that up in two weeks because you know mm. the country wow. really needed it. And uh, you know we worked overtime to to get that to happen. And it was an amazing team that did that. So from then, ideation yeah. to the launch of a product, it can take as fast as two weeks. Yes. Wow. Yeah. Amazing. So uh, yeah, I remember the iterations that came forth. Various, um, I guess, upgrade. There was this swimming altar at some stage that was added to help people figure out if it's a screenshot or not. Yes, yes, yes. So it's always constant um, reviews or I guess developments to add on to versions. Definitely, definitely. We're speaking with Sonia Yen, Product Manager at Open Government Products. 
Sonia, what are some of the challenges you face so far? And what more do you wish can be done? Right. I think I think we face many different challenges at different stages of our growth. So when uh, we were just a small team of, you know, uh, 10 people at that stage, we had very little credibility. We had to make parking successful and data.gov.sg successful to convince people that as a small team, we can deliver because the way that, you know, the other people that government were, uh, the, the way the government was used to building technology was to, you know, employ vendors with very large teams, frankly. Mm. So, um, it was a new concept to them that a small team could produce kind of like outsized results. Mm-hmm. And now that we, you know, have a few successful projects under our belt, we're about 130 strong now. Now the bottleneck is more of finding enough people to work on the many problems that we have. So mm-hmm. we're, we're hiring quite aggressively. But we also, it's not just the skill set, we also look for people who uh, have the motivation to make the world better, um, to work on meaningful common good problems. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think I, I think that's the current bottleneck. Yeah, talking about fixing problems, one of the big things these days people talk about is chat GPT uh, that's something I imagine you've tried out as well yes, impressed? of course yes very impressed <laughs> and that's something you've tried to integrate into the work life of many civil servants integrating it into Word Microsoft Word mm-hmm. how does that help civil servants? So civil servants write a lot. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's the it's it repetitively really as well. Like, yeah, <laughs> it's, just, it's like the it's the bread and butter, and uh, and and specifically the writing work is uh, a lot of summarization. They also do a lot of research. It's a lot of formatting. It's a lot of persuasive writing as well, argumentative mm. writing. So, so I think the team behind Pear, which is the, the product that uh, makes ChatGPT available in mm-hmm. this way, saw that opportunity because that's what ChatGPT really excels at uh, at this point, right? Um, mm. Summarizing, mm-hmm. you know, uh, writing in a certain style. And that could help civil servants just get their first draft out so much quicker than they otherwise would have done. And I think that's where they saw the, the opportunities for like, time savings. Yeah, just wondering uh, if this is going to be good or bad for civil servants overall because at some stage it's going to make them a bit lazier <laughs> and of course for the younger ones they might not really get the grounding or fundamentals they might need to figure out what's good or what's bad when it comes to knowing the eventual product. Yeah, so you, you're right that writing is, is absolutely a skill, right? And structuring the argument, that's a skill as well. But I think we're in very early days. Frankly, ChatGPT really just hit us a, a while ago. And while I can see what you're saying, that might you know be an outcome. But it might also be an outcome that uh, such tools could be used to educate people even better, right? In like how to structure, you know, how to... And, and, and educate them at really... Uh, the click of a button, you know, without maybe a teacher's manual effort needed to, to like go through each piece and tell you what's good. So I can also see that, that technology being used for good as well. Mm. Okay, coming back to what your team does at uh, Open Government Products, Scam Shield, the yeah, bot that we rolled out on WhatsApp later this year, how does it work? Right, okay, so the bot really does two things. One thing is you can uh, report a scam mm-hmm. to the bot. And you can report it by uh, screenshotting the message and sending it in uh, rather than just copy-paste. So they make it easy for people to report scams. And the idea is uh, you want that scam report to come in as quickly as possible from as many people as possible so that we can quickly detect that it's a scam and kind of like send that message down to all our downstream partners that it's a scam, whether it's a telco or a bank uh, in, in the long run. Um, so, so that's the first thing it allows you to do. The second thing is it allows you to check if a message is a scam. So you, same thing, you can like copy-paste a message into the bot uh, and ask, is this a scam? And the bot will tell you, you know, maybe like 35 people uh, have also reported this. We're not sure, but we're still working it out. Or this is definitely a scam. We've identified it, so please, you know, don't respond to it. Um, yeah, so the exact mechanics are still being worked out yet, mm-hmm. but, but that's the idea. 
behind. Okay. Yeah. yeah, I think it's time to wrap up what we can look out for in the coming year or years. Now, we've just got your half of Public Good Demo Day done. What are some of the problems people raised and what are some of the products that are going to be in the front of the pipeline? Yeah, so we have one that um, actually is already live. It's just called Q at this point. I'm not sure if they'll, they'll have a more specific name, but <laughs> it, 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 describes, ah. it describes what it does. Like queuing up. So, yes. So Q is a solution uh, that allows you to not have to queue, actually, uh, ironically, at GP clinics, uh, right? So I think this is a common pain point for all of us. Mm-hmm. Uh, and especially, you know, when you're sick, you already have very limited bandwidth for stress. <laughs> so basically, it's a choping solution. <laughs> yes, it's basically chope for, for GP clinics, right? So you, um, yeah, so you don't have to wait for like an hour mm-hmm. at the clinic with all the the other sick people and making yeah. everyone else sicker. You have that well. for restaurants already. Why not doctors? Exactly, exactly. And I, I think that's what we thought as well. Um, so this already live at 15 clinics today. We're testing with those uh, clinics and if it's successful, we'll scale to more and hopefully we'll be able to help uh, a lot of people in this way. All right. Thank you very much, Sonia. We've been speaking with Sonia Yen, Product Manager at Open Government Products. Keep it right here with Money FM 89.3. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at moneyfm893.sg or download our audio app. That's A-W-E-D-I-O. Available on Google Play or the App Store.